it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam, the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, and behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it's Scott. Scott, how are we doing this week? Oh, wonderful, Sam. Absolutely wonderful. Another great week of wrestling. Halfway, well, most of the way done. Pay-per-view this Saturday. Uh, NFL playoffs as well. Uh, It's, what a time. What a time, Sam. That's right. For those of you who don't know, we will be doing the Hard to Kill Go Home Show here after we discuss uh, everything that's going on this week. Uh, a couple news tidbits, though. Uh, first and foremost, um, one we wanted to talk about was the... So, back during Wrestle Kingdom, and I know Scott's a little giddy. <laughs> Um, Jay White, after his loss, said that he's going to be done. He's just done. He's out of the company. You know, he's just after New Year's Dash, it's it. However, there's news that, um, and I actually even, I haven't actually, actually confirmed this myself. So I want to look at this. Supposedly, he's actually been pulled off of the New Japan Pro Wrestling website. No longer in the active roster. I saw that tidbit, and I was just like, oh, oh, Sam needs to see this right now. <laughs> I'm actually looking while we uh, discuss this as we speak. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think of, you know, another wrestler that did the same thing in AEW. Sean Spears just kind of disappearing off of their roster as well so it's kind of like where are these guys going i have an idea on where i think both will go but who knows could be interesting well i think sean spears would make his return i think he will actually make an impact Uh, (laughs) if you catch my drift (laughs) wow um yeah, he is not here. Oh, boy. Jay White is no longer on the r- roster list. I'm literally just scrolling all the way all the way to the bottom. They do yep. it alphabetically by first name, but I just want to confirm under uh, White if it just happened to... You know, he'd be that one that would just be, like, under last name. Yeah. <laughs> He's off the active roster list. Yeah. This is interesting. 
So, so either – oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead because I know you want to <laughs> say more than I do. No, I was just going to say it, it's either going to be an elab- uh, elaborate, like, ruse and he'll come back or he's officially done and is going elsewhere. It's that elsewhere that is an interesting question. So, well, I don't know. Going off of an article I found where Tony Schiavone addressed this, um, Tony Schiavone, I guess, mentioned how Eric Redbeard was a one-off because Eric Redbeard is mentioned in this article, which I think we all figured. Yeah. Um, but then he mentions, uh, I don't think so. I think he's pretty much locked into what he's doing there, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, but then again, if AEW has been good with anything, it has been throwing people off the, uh, off Off the scent. Yeah. Off. Yep. Yeah. They did it with Sting. They did it with, um, who else did it? Actually, they did it with Brian Cage too at one point. Who else? There's there's somebody else. I can't Mira? Yep, with Mira. Yep, good call. Yeah, so they've done it before. So yeah, it, it definitely it would not surprise me. Um if he were to land in the E, it better be with NXT because God bless that man would not make it on the main roster because they would destroy him and I would be very sad. Very, very sad to see. You know, it wasn't until this past Wrestle Kingdom, which I don't know. Do you get get a chance to watch it yet? I did not. Okay. So after watching this past Wrestle Kingdom, I actually have have a new... Like, he was okay for a while for me. He's just like, oh, it's Jay White, leader of the Bullet Club. But now, I really... After watching him this Wrestle Kingdom, he just really... I really latched on to the character. Nice. Really, really was feeling it. So... Yeah, anything can happen. We will be keeping an eye on this one. I know mm-hmm. Scott will 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 keep me in the loop if he finds out anything. Yep. Um, because Scott and I, we have this thing where if something comes up, it's you know we get giddy like schoolgirls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so that being said, uh, another big big announcement actually made for Impact. Starting, I believe, uh, on Saturday. Yep, for the for the pay per view. Um, Josh Matthews, uh, lead commentator for geez, how long now? Ever? A long time. Yeah. Um, has stepping back. The Michael Cole of um, Impact Wrestling is <laughs> signed a new contract. He's going to be a senior producer. Um, there will be a new commentary team, which is really exciting. Yes. Uh, Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Those of you who have listened to Matt Stryker when he did his commentary work for WWE and for Lucha Underground, you know this man will freak out like Moro did um, for big moments. He is a complete mark for the business, which is a good thing for him and a good thing for us. Nothing I hated more was when I got back into Impact and you hear Josh Matthews. No offense to the guy, he he's done a he's done a, a serviceable job, but sometimes I just want to stab myself in the face because he's so boring 
doing commentary. Like he's got complete monotone. He doesn't get any, there's no excitement in his voice. And it just sounds like this. And I just want to stab myself, but you know, you got to get excited for some stuff. And he tries every once in a while, but it just comes off as fake. <laughs> so good for you for getting this quote unquote promotion, moving to senior production. You can do all this other stuff. That's great. I guess Madison Rain is going to be talking at Hard to Kill about the future of her wrestling um, career. So she also is stepping away from um, the commentary table, filling in by Dilo Brown, which I'll say is an interesting choice. Um, Dilo was always good on the mic um, in his WWE days. Uh, he was good when he was doing the Aces and Eight stuff with TNA. So I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do behind the commentary because I think he's going to be the color commentator, and Shrekka will be doing the play-by-play. So I think this could be very interesting, and I, I, I'm I'm excited to see how they sound together. Elo Brown is color commentator, really? You think so? Yes. Yep, that's, I had read somewhere that's what he was going to be. Actually, I think it was that announcement. Um, but yeah, Stryker is definitely a play-by-play guy. Um, so it, it would make sense that Dilo would slide into the color commentary side. So I'm yeah, I I think this is a this is a good match. Um, it definitely will elevate the matches because. You know, as much as the performers are important to the match, if the color commentators are burying them or just not giving any excitement over them, it the, the matches fall flat. So having Stryker there, and I know he's going to go crazy for some of these people on the roster. So I, I think this is this is a very very good move for Impact. I don't know. This will be a change. Like I've always, I've, I haven't. The commentary team hasn't bothered me so much, but it's definitely in more recent times uh, for Impact. It's become a little more like Josh, you need a little more excitement. Or the one thing I noticed that obviously uh, John discussed with us was the fact that they always like to call the the winner of the match before the match is like like at a one count. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, they're they're a little behind or they're a little ahead of what's going on. But yeah, it's I don't know if that's just bad editing. Because obviously, you know, with Impact, they're still doing taped shows. None of them are live. They go in, they do like eight weeks, and then they're gone for two months. And then they come back and do eight more weeks and leave and come back for two months and stuff like that. So I don't know how they do the commentary if they do it, if they do it live and they're just ahead of the game before it reaches us. I don't know, but it's it's off. They need to update. They need to fix something. But you know, as we've discussed, and as you know, John and John and I and you have discussed, TNA is notorious or Impact's notorious for having poor editing. So, um, you know, even with what was uh, Bound for Glory, they they screwed up a segment when they're live on pay per view. It's like, guys, <laughs> you can't run it from the top. You're on pay per view. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. It's it's gonna be. I hope they can tighten the ship up when it comes to that. But yeah, I'm, I'm I am excited for for this uh, new commentary team, and and I know that it's on a long list of things to do. But 
I don't know how familiar you are with Stryker and his commentary, but Lucha Underground, sir. Telling that was you. the segue, wasn't it? That was the segue. I'm always if there's a chance and a moment for me to throw some praise on the Lucha Underground, I will take it. So I've no, been I planning. Can't. I've been planning for two days since I told you this. <laughs> Why well, bring in the Lucha? I, I meant in regards to telling me, oh, Sam, this is another reason why you need to watch Lucha Underground. Well, yes, that was kind of where I was going with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I guarantee the moment you actually sit down when you have a chance, which I know is almost never you're like me, and, and you're able to start watching Lucha Underground, I know my phone is going to blow up because the ridiculous stuff that you will start to watch and you will fall in love with it like I did, and then when it gets to the end, you're going to be upset because there's no more. <laughs> and the way they ended the whole thing was a great segue into what have, would have been the next season, but it also is a bittersweet ending as well, so it kind of works. So. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> I will... I will um... We'll keep that in mind. As we will be reminded next week. <laughs> Sam's gonna hate me by the end of this. <laughs> no, it's fine. It, it's it's it's. <laughs> no, you, you you know you don't nag me with a lot of stuff. This is like the one thing I think you nag me to watch. That in up up down down. But <laughs> oh, uh, since you brought no, up skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because this is the segue into that. <laughs> Reason why you need to watch Up Up Down Down? No, I, I I will I will save my Up Up Down Downs for my raw review and SmackDown studies. So those are uh, that, that's where I will I will do that. I, I won't make you suffer through that as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't think I suffer enough. So, um. <laughs> well, if you got a few minutes in, <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to talk about suffering. We want to talk about. If there's anything that I'm suffering from, it's knowing what the fuck is going to happen this weekend. Mm. But we need to talk about the go-home show uh, for Impact. Solid, decent... I, I forgot we were talking. Um, I was texting you at this time. You didn't watch it, did you? You got caught up with some stuff? Yeah, I got caught up with something and I completely forgot. I think it was at like 9.15. I was like, why is my phone blowing up? And I look at it I'm like, oh my god. Oh, shit, I missed the Impact. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, I'll, I'll quickly go over some. Uh, I'll make this quick. Um, so first and foremost, we had Kimberly taking on Taya Valkyrie, with uh, Lee actually defeating Valkyrie, I believe, because Sus uh, Susan came in and distracted uh, everybody on the outside of the ring. Uh, following that, uh, we had a tag match with three plus one. Of the wrestlers for uh, the uh, X Division uh, contenders for Saturday, uh, Rahit Raju and Chris Bay took on Manic and Suicide. Uh, Rahit Raju ended up uh, towards the end of the match. He tried to unmask Manic. Uh, this was distracting. Suicide allowed uh, Bay and him to get the win on this uh, this match. Um, we had another preview. Man, this was all previews this week. Um, we had uh, 
Cody Deaner, now just going under the name Deaner, taking on Tommy Dreamer. Um, I think... I'm trying to remember who was on ringside on this one. But there was a... Uh, Deaner ended up winning by disqualification against Dreamer. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out... I think Rhino might have actually hit somebody. Might have hit uh, Diener. I don't know. I think I looked away at that moment. From what it says, I guess it was actually Cousin Jake that attacked his uh, that attacked Diener that caused the DQ. Ah, all right. So yeah, that that six man is going to be something fierce. It's probably actually one of the ones I'm actually I am looking forward to that. That should be good. Scott, are you looking forward to that match? I am. I like hardcore matches. Oh, I'm sorry. Old school rule matches. <laughs> you know what? I will take old school rules over extreme rules and not Ooh. do anything in the fucking match. God, that aggravates the shit of me so much. We're going to talk about getting rid of gimmick pay-per-views. Just get rid of extreme rules because nine every match is supposed to be some type of extreme rule match and it's not so mm -hmm. yes i agree with you 100 percent. so but yeah but moving on to nicer things i see a picture here of the impact knockouts tag team women's tag team or knockout tag my god women or knockouts i keep always screwing that up knockouts for impact so yes their tag team title belts look pretty sharp not gonna lie Oh, yeah. I think Scott Demore had them at a table. Um, Kira Hogan and uh, Tasha Steele just talking absolute fire how they're going to defeat uh, uh, Havoc and Nevaeh. Uh, I don't know about that one. That's going to be tough. Oh, they were just talking smack. They're like, we beat you once, we'll beat you again. And I'm like... And then all of a sudden, the ladies just kind of stood up and... Yeah, we're in for a treat on that one, Scott. That'll be a good match. I'm a fan of actually of all four of them. So, yeah. I don't think there's really any bad matches on this card either. So, it's nice to see. You love to see it. Oh, we do. We love to see it, Scott. Wow, that sounded creepy. Uh, up next, we, had, <laughs> we got to see Tennille Dashwood in action take on Rosemary. Um. So, man, this was an interesting match. Um, <laughs> because you know, Tennille actually Caleb with a K, and I love how Josh Matthews always has to make sure that he almost every time he said his name is like Caleb with a K, Caleb with a K. I'm like, dude, how are you not like exhausted from saying that? I know, right? <laughs> um, gave. Tennille hairspray, sprayed rosemary, and then, you know, things were going to get a little weird. But then Crazy Steve came out. Ooh, a Decay reunion. I always yeah, love and, a Decay reunion. Uh, yes, he helped. <clears throat> Crazy Steve helped Rosemary get the win here. Very nice. Very nice. It was glorious. It was glorious. 
Up next, we had Moose return uh, to take on Matthew Palmer, the guy who beat him in three minute challenge. Yes. Um, except it would just be for regular uh, regular match. Moose ended up winning, but he won by um, the ref calling the match. Like he like the ref just stopped the match because he was just kicking the living shit out of Matt. Ah, making Palmer the martyr. Ah, I like it. Also makes Moose look like an absolute destroyer that he already is. So I like oh, it. He, I like it. He frightens me just looking at him. Moose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember what he used to be a well, I don't know if you were watching back then, but nope. or his ROH days where he was a big fan favorite. Everybody of the iron pump for the boost. I still do it though every time I hear it just slower because it's you know his theme's not the way it is. But my God. He's just I love this match with EC three. I'm sad EC three is gone. He's hiding away in ROH. Or actually I think he's actually injured. But still it's like uh, so good. And I'm glad that, you know, Moose is continuing to be an absolute bulldozer. A moose? Well, yeah. But moose, but moose are not exact. They're not aggressive by nature. Only when defense. Moose, on the other hand, is definitely aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Following that, we had the main event. Rich Swan taking on Carl Anderson. Um. This was a good one. You get a chance to watch this. This was good. Um, I I don't know if there was any... This is, I think, for the most part, a clean match. Swan ended up defeating Carl Anderson. Nice. But at the end, uh, Gallows and Omega attacked the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Make it a statement. Getting that final shot in before the pay-per-view. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. So it's interesting. I'm kind of curious on how... Th- I-, I had a theory. Did you want to tell us this theory? Yeah, I'm going to wait till we do our, our picks, Scott. I'm going to wait. All right. Okay. Because, Scott, hard to kill. It's Saturday. We will be discussing that briefly. But first and foremost, most importantly, Scott, Wednesday night. Let's hit a let's hit up USA. Let's uh, start with uh, NXT. Some good shit on the NXT, yeah. Yeah, um, I know. I know you really. I, I was thinking about you the whole time because man, they brought in the tournaments really hard on this one. They did. Made me so happy. <sighs> yes, it is the beginning of the Dusty Classic round. Four? Maybe? Five? I don't know. It's been a long time. First time, I think, since 2016, I believe, that we've had 16 teams. I don't know. It's been a while. So it's nice to have a full bracket to play with. So we had three matches this week. I think next week we have two more, and they're going to stagger them as they go. But it's nice. It's good stuff. But that, you know, is later on. First matchup. 
Nice little grudge match, continuation of a good feud between Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, oh, Shotzi. I just, I'm so happy that she is thriving in NXT. And I think that she will also be one of those people that will actually make a good transition to the main roster when it eventually happens. So I really think she'll connect with younger younger girls. Um, and obviously with the older boys. <laughs> but just I think she'll I think she'll be one of those ones that will transition really well over once it's done. But uh, before that, she definitely needs to get some one-upsmanship over Candace LeRae because right now Candace is having her way with Miss Blackheart. Candace did get the win, although it was because of Indy Hartwell. So obviously Shotzi has a nice receipt that she's going to have to give back to Miss Hartwell at some point. But I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, that feud's been running for a while now, ever since they destroyed Shotzi's original tank. But her new tank is its a beefy boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, after that, we heard from our NXT champion, Finn Balor, coming back. He was able to escape O'Reilly Finn 2 with no major injuries, unlike Kyle O'Reilly who essentially had his jaw almost broken. I guess it was shifted out of place. So not medically cleared tonight, but obviously he's still there to, you know, help off, uh, help his, uh, his boys, Adam Cole and um, Roderick Strong later in the night uh, during their uh, Dusty Classic match. But Finn in the ring talking about who his next challenger might be, and then all of a sudden we hear the familiar music of the Bruiserweight and Sam. I don't. This doesn't happen much, but I shift. I shifted in my seat when I heard that music because Finn, the Prince, versus the Bruiserweight. Sam, do you understand the magnitude of that match? Yes, because I remember when Pete Dunne, when they brought in the UK title, and I just remember he was just, I'm like, this guy is a, this is a, this guy has star power, mm. and he's great in the ring, and now you have Finn Balor involved as well. Yep. I don't Finn think is, we've seen these two wrestle yet. I don't believe we have. Um, I don't know if they've ever wrestled on in the Indies either. I think Finn was probably already in Japan while um, Pete Dunn was just starting in the UK. So probably not. So probably be a first time ever like one on one. But uh, it's just this is like main event of WrestleMania esque match. Like, I guarantee this will be a headliner for for a takeover, probably for the one on Valentine's Day. And I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> um, I don't know who I want to win either, because Finn has completely resurrected his career, coming back to NXT. 
And B. Dunn has just been a force anyways. Now that he's aligned himself with the rest of the kings of wrestling, minus, you know, uh, Pat McAfee, who's not going to come back until apparently the springtime. Um, but you still got Oni Larkin. You still got Danny Birch, the current NXT Tag Team Champions, who will take on the winners of the Dusty Cup, which will probably be – the finals will probably be at the – the takeover on Valentine's Day as well. So they got a vested interest in everything. So I'm <laughs> the hype is real for this. There was also later on, we had a nice little vignette with Scarlett talking about carrying cross coming for the prince. So I'm like, are we gonna have a triple threat? Because if we have a triple threat Sam, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'll be able to contain myself. I'm telling you, you're already getting excited, Scott. This oh just, my god! Wow! Wow! Whoa! 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 I got to tone it down a little bit. I'm up here. I got to bring it down here. Bring it down to my level. You know, five two. <laughs> I hurt my back, Sam. It'll hurt my back. <laughs> no, but my God, like those. I, I think those three men. And pro- I would throw Damian Priest in there as well. The biggest badasses on NXT. You put all three of them, you put three of them in the ring together, mm. it's going to be, you know, eight star match. So, F you, Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> so, they end up attacking Finn. Um, and Kyle O'Reilly tries to come out and actually help Finn. Um, and then the rest of UE minus Bobby Fish, because I believe he's actually injured yet again, unfortunately. Um, and they run off the the Kings Wrestling. So the Kings of NXT, Kings of Wrestling is two other people. But um, so that has something to do with what happens later on in the night. We then move on to our first Dusty Rhodes classic match with the grizzled young veterans. Defeating Everise to move on to the second round. Everise actually is starting to look really good in their showings. You know, I know when they first showed up, they were essentially just, you know, talent enhancement, but they had a tag team name. So I'm like, all right, so they already have some promise. It's not just two random dudes thrown together. So and they've been doing they've been doing real well. Um I think they've also been picking up victories on 205 Live, so they're actually starting to get some momentum, which which is good. Obviously. Grizzled Young Veterans are a ridiculous tag team as it is, so they were the right choice to continue to move forward. We then shifted gears uh, to a match that I was actually really looking forward to, and I was not a fan of this ending. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeating Dexter Loomis in a non-title match because of outside interference. I get it. It's the way Austin Theory getting himself, you know, involved and, and causing Loomis to take the loss. I know it's further furthering the storyline, but I don't know. I just didn't like it too much. They had some little thing with Kushida coming out as well, attacking uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure that actually leads into their match later on. I think next week, uh, Kushida's tagging with the uh, rough in the. Uh, Dusty Classic to take on uh, Gargano and Austin Theory. So we'll see. 
But I'm pretty sure Loomis eventually is going to get his revenge. We then had our next tag team match. It was Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on the new team of MSK, who we didn't know who they were until they were debuted. And it comes out to being the Rascals, newly named Nash Carter and Wes Lee, which, okay, new names. Still going to confuse the hell out of me because I know them by their other names. But they came out. They were spectacular. They won. They move on to the second round as well. Of course, after that, it ends up we get a nice little brawl in the back with uh, Swerve and Atlas. Um, Our resident thick boy breaks it up and basically gets in Swerve's face. So that smells like a match coming sooner rather than later, and I think Swerve's going to catch another L on that one because nothing's stopping the Colossus right now. So We then had Xylee, and I'm telling you, this is probably one of my new favorite entrances. Um, I want to know, again, who this figure is that sits in the chair you know, you have Boa on one side, Xia on the other. Xia looks like she's coming straight out of Mortal Kombat. Um, gets in the mat, gets in the ring, and just obliterates her opponent. Uh, her name was Valentina Flores. In, I think, three moves, the match was over. And then this, then the masked figure that sits in the chair just kind of raises her hand, and Xia just continues to just destroy. <laughs> Valentina until the, the woman, or I think it's a woman, puts her hand down and Zyali stops the assault. It was it's insane. I, I'm completely enthralled with this. I want to know who is the who's the person pulling the strings. What is uh, who is she? You know, or if it's a guy who I, I don't know, and it's driving me up a wall, and I want to know. My theory is it's Dave Meltzer trying to push for better wrestling in WWE. Oh. Christ Almighty. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds like a Vince Russo gimmick if I've ever heard one. Or maybe it's Vince Russo. Maybe it is. Maybe. Maybe it is Russo. He he would strike again. You can definitely see that. Russo strikes more than twice. hmm. Unlike lightning. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man. (laughs) And then. Our main event, Undisputed Era versus Brizongo. First round, Dusty Classic. Now, <clears throat> I said I wouldn't do this, Sam, but I'm going to do it to you. It makes me sad when two members of the party from Up, Up, Down, Down get into a fight. Because every Wednesday, when it's Uno Day, Adam Cole and Tyler Breeze are part of a four-man team along with Mr. Xavier Woods and Big Swiss Cesaro, they play Uno and they entertain the masses and it's probably some of the greatest shit I've ever seen. But I don't like it when they fight one another because it makes me sad. Because the party should always be solidarity. Never fighting one another. There was one great moment 
during this matchup where both Adam Cole and Tyler Breeze are both going to go for super kicks to one another at the same time, and they both stop like mid-kick, and they're kind of like hopping in the ring at each other. I'm just like, yes, yeah, see? Even they know. They're supposed to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, I hate you, Scott. Why do I do this shit with you? <laughs> oh, just sweet, Scott. <laughs> but um, towards the end of this match... I, I briefly I, I referenced it a little while ago. Um, the Kings of NXT come out and they attack Kyle Riley, who was out at ringside supporting these guys. This caused um, mass issues. <laughs> um, so that's happening outside of the ring. Finn Balor then decides to come down to the ring to try to help out as well, but unfortunately, both O'Reilly and Finn are taken out. Undisputed Error is still in the ring. They end up getting the win, which was kind of weird. They didn't get out and leave and try to help. They still were fighting Buzango during the match. I don't know if that's the beginning of a split. If it is, I'm going to cry, but I'm not going to go there. (laughs) So, Undisputed Error wins. They move on to the second round, but I think the seeds have started to be planted. And that makes me sad. Sad. Sad, sad, sad panda. I was going to say that. Sad panda. panda. (laughs) No, I enjoyed this uh, NXT a lot. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good shit, my friend. Absolutely. We like good shit. Oh, we love good shit. Um, but speaking of good shit, we had a decent, um, decent uh, night two of New Year's uh, Smash. I I knew we had got some people who weren't too fond of it who were commenting, but I don't think it was bad. Definitely had its downs. But um, to kick things off, we had. I was actually shocked, and again, I. I, I miss these little details, but we had kicking off the show was Pac taking on Eddie Kingston. Mm. This was good. This is exactly what you would have expected. You know, I think if you guys haven't seen, I've loved Eddie Kingston since he started, but if you haven't seen Eddie Kingston on um, being the elite, making his uh, speech to the locker room after Brody Lee died. Oh, that was so good. Go go earn respect for that man now. Go oh my God. shut off this podcast and go listen to that and then come back. You will be crying. Mm. But this is exactly what you expected. I wanted more of this match. Wanted it so bad, Scott. We didn't get enough of it. I know. Um, but it was good at the end of it. Uh Pac defeated uh Eddie. Then we have the little the little thing where uh, Lance Archer comes out and everybody dies. I'm sorry, that's his theme song. <laughs> but it's like I really, it's it's like are Pac and Lance gonna go at each other? We know they're Kingston. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's an uneasy alliance, and I think Lance Archer, because of this whole thing, has turned face, and I think Pac has too, which is. Or at least Pac's more of like a an anti-hero, or I really wouldn't call him a tweener, but 
I don't know. It's I don't know. I like it though. I I, I know uh, Lance cut off a whole lot of his hair. <laughs> um, and actually, I think it looks better now than what, than what it was. But he's just I don't know. Why you don't like wrestlers when they have that Baron Corbin receding long hairline look? Oh Christ Almighty! I was so happy when he cut off all his hair. Everybody, like, let me get on my soapbox for a minute here. Everybody is like bitching, complaining that they miss the old Corbin. They miss the lone wolf Corbin. Yeah, I understand that, but guess what? That dried up when he won King of the Ring. Yes, I know it's been over a year since he won King of the Ring, but guess what? They haven't had another King of the Ring tournament yet, so guess what? He's still your king, so fucking have some goddamn respect where the Knights of the Lone Wolf will come kill you. And I step off my soapbox, and we're back to Dynamite. But I also don't think that hairline Corbin is coming back. That gives No! <laughs> Dead. No. No, it got its own end of days, and that's the end of it. No, Razor's a good end of days. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what happens here. On top of it, I'm also curious to see what happens because of the results of this match. Chucky e. T taking on Miro. All right. Another soapbox moment here, if you don't yep. mind. Last week they did it properly, saying that Chuck would be Miro's young boy. It's a traditional thing in Japan. But in America, everybody and their mother was having a complete conniption over this. And they ruined what could have been a really good thing for a month or three weeks now. Now he's just a butler. I'm like, really? Like, I, like, I almost, I was so upset. I almost shut off the, I almost shut off AEW last night. After I said, after I saw that, I'm like, are you kidding me? I would have loved to have seen that, the whole young boy thing and making him do stuff. And now he's a butler. Yeah, now it's uh, he's dressed up in the stupid suit. And it's, no, <sighs> stupid PC culture. <laughs> Let's be real. If this was 15 years ago. Oh my god, it would have been Russian era. Oh man, they would have gone all oh, in. Amazing. Oh my god, it would have been great. But no, it gets ruined because people see the, the phrase young boy and they get all wham about it. Yeah. Fucking... I know. But I'll tell you right <sighs> now, there's something about let me let me let me tell you though. There was something about Orange Cassidy standing in the ring taking his glasses off. Yeah. Let me tell you. He feels like a superhero. Mm. He only comes out when he needs to. Right. You know? And I just saw that moment where it was like it was like the darkest hour. And now it's yeah. Lawrence Cassidy. Yep, it is. Chuck it really truly is. Yep. Rudd is in the hospital. And there's only one best friend left. That's true. <sighs> I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this storyline. Yeah, I mean, it's. I hope they at least try to incorporate some of the young boy stuff into it, and just you know coloring it up as a butler. But I don't know. 
that was I was rather disappointed that they adjusted everything, but whatever. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, we better figure it out. We'll let that marinate for a while. <laughs> now, speaking about speaking about groups falling apart, this was interesting with the New Year's resolutions. <laughs> you know, you can already tell there's inner tension in the inner circle, but it just got thicker. This week. And by the way, let's just say that I didn't know I needed a tag team group called Sammy and Hagar. Sammy Hagar! <laughs> Please tell me you get the reference. Of course I get the reference. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not like Guevara where he's like, eh, what's that? I know! Oh my god, that aged me too when he said that. God. I know. Mark said it. Uh, um. Yeah, I think it was Mark had mentioned it too. He's like that. He's like that right there was the best part. <laughs> I'm just like that's fantastic. I I love it. It was it was clever. Like like and it wasn't even something. It's like it's been in front of us the whole time. But yeah. who who puts the two pieces together with this stuff? Not not. Yeah. I can I can almost guarantee that that was a Jericho thing. That he was the one that said we should put those two together because obviously Wardlow is not in this because there's seven members. But I actually do like the fact that we're going to have a triple threat tag team match of all the inner circle next week. And the winner of that match is going to be the tag team for the inner circle. Because as Sammy stated, Chris Jericho is a tag team slot. (laughs) And as pissed off as I was at the last segment, this brought me right back. I was like, all right, Sammy, you got me. All right. Yep. It's it's the truth. Um, (laughs) It's so true. And I I love how everybody was, like, taken aback. They're all gas. (gasps) (laughs) The crowd pops. It was, was, yeah, that was fantastic. If you don't even watch AEW, you got to watch what Jericho is doing. Because he's flawless right now. He just he 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 bum he he just just loses his mind like a madman on the microphone. Oh my God! It was like last week we were talking about after Snoop Dogg. He's like bitching about Snoop Dogg, and then Snoop Dogg comes up, gives him a hug. You know, he's like laughing, and then he goes, ah, "I still hate that guy." Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's almost like uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's definitely something. Um, I love how they also. I think Sammy even mentioned that during his little tirade. Saying if Snoop Dogg was going to be wrestling, you'd probably be his tag team partner too. And Jericho was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> yeah, so that I think for me that should be uh, that should be probably the match of the night because they're all. I think they're all going to try to cheat, and it's going to be so entertaining to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. They're all going to like be pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, and. So, man, this is now I'm looking at this. This is just a, this was just a wild, like, you know, maybe maybe the matches weren't like, you know, they weren't they were good, you know, weren't, maybe not some of the best, but I think the seeds that were planted this evening were pretty above. They were they were. Let me let me just get to it. So up next we have the six man tag match with the elite taking on uh, the. Uh, 
I said Hollywood Blondes. Um, not the Hollywood. What the fuck are they going under? Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight. Well, uh, Danny Limelight's been blowing up Twitter lately, and you know, props to that guy. He he looked real good too. So hopefully, you know, AEW took some notice because I I was impressed. So I, I uh, hope he he ends up getting signed somewhere. I think yeah. this. I, I don't know if he wrestles or he did wrestle for MLW because a lot of the stuff that you know was Brian Pillman Jill, Jr. still in MLW. I think even Griff might be too, but I don't know. I'll find out. Um, but but anyways, like just so you know, good solid tag match. But let's let me let me jump back here. It was supposed to be the Elite, or it was a rendition of the Elite. We had. We were expecting the Bucks to come out with Kenny, and instead it was... And when Don Callis made that comment, no, I love your music, you gotta come out. I Honestly, that one, I didn't even think twice. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's awesome. I like the fact that they're gonna come out separately. Yeah. And then they pulled the swerve, and then Gallows and Anderson come out. To no music. I was like, boo. Good team. <laughs> like, what? This It was interesting, because I'm like, okay... I'm like, that was a big deal because Kenny's never done something like that before. Nope. It's always been Kenny in the Bucks. Yep. Now it's like, what do the Bucks do? Because if you if when you saw it, both of them, um, I don't remember the interviewer's name, and Tony Khan were all on television just kind of looking at the TV. Not the happiest of campers. So the plot thickens. So on top of all this, Scott, um, we're gonna. I want to jump back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, we talk about we talk about foreshadowing. Um, talking about. So one of the things that I was I was that was interesting to me, um, with the way Carl Anderson lost on Impact, I'm like they are totally winning this match. But then this happened. Yep. And Omega Gallows and Anderson won this match. With not that it was a sleazy end, but it was what they did to change who's wrestling in this match. Now and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give any ideas because we we're not there yet. But I'm trying to figure out now, after watching that, who is going to win on Sunday. And I had some ideas planted in my head, but it could go either way. Um, plus, that could be who shows up on Sunday, huh? Saturday. That's true. I don't know. Just, uh, just um, have, I'm, I'm a man with ideas, Scott. I know. I know. It's, it's a, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. So, Saturday is important. And as much as I love football. I'm going to miss the 8 o'clock game so I can watch this because I need to know what's going to happen. <laughs> what is the 8 o'clock game? Uh, shit, now that you mention it. <laughs> By the way, props to the Cleveland Browns. First win in 26 years. Yeah. First playoff win in 26 years. Right. Yeah, first win. <laughs> well, I think they've done a few of those. but 
right, let's see. Baltimore at Buffalo. Ooh, that was a I'm gonna have to have that on somewhere on mute because I wanted to watch that game too. Okay. Yeah, if you don't, then you're gonna be a dummy. Dummy, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. Why is he not wrestling for one of the big companies right now? I know he's wrestling for NWA, but still. <sighs> Speaking of that, I need to go back and watch that show on YouTube. I haven't been able to do that either. So so much so much to do, Sam. Not enough time to do it all. Can confirm. So after that we had the Jurassic Express taking on FTR. This was a really, really good match. You got to definitely see the best of everybody in this match. Yes. Especially Marco Stunt. You know, I've always seen Marco. According to Wikipedia, Marco Stun is actually my height, Scott. Um, Please tell me you're kidding. No joke. He's 5'2". So if oh I was a wrestler in the oh ring, that's how God. tall I would look. Oh, Sam. Oh, I'm so sorry. Granted, though, I have a lot more muscle on me than he does. That's true. So you'd be more of like a shorter Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Yeah, we'd say that. <laughs> I love your, your your little confidence and you're like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Cobb, if you were getting him off of Wish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need a moment. Oh my god. <laughs> Enjoy that one, Scott. <laughs> oh my god. I did not expect that. That was incredible. Holy shit. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh shit. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, continue, continue. Oh. Um, like I said, both teams look great. FTR look good. Jurassic Express look good. Um, I was like, it was it was actually tough to tell. I wanted FTR to win this, but I'm like, damn. I mean, they're looking. Um, Jurassic Express looks really good. They could win this, but I was looking at the record. They were, I think, thirteen. Uh, FTR was thirteen and one. Yep. Uh, and I'm just like thinking to myself. Like there's no way they just win this. There's something something's gonna get screwy. And sure enough, things yeah. got screwy. Tully Blanchard coming in with a heel finish. Yeah. What do you, I, what do you do? We just I think he hit Jungle Boy? I don't even remember. He attacked Let's see. What was it? Marco. He attacked Marco on the outside. Threw him, I guess, into the remember the was it the ring post? Then threw him back in the ring, and then they finished him off with the big rig. And that's how they get the win. And I love that FTR has renamed their finisher to Big Rig um, as tribute to Bobby Lee. So, uh, it, it, oh man, it hurts still. I know, I know. 
it it was made a little better only by the fact that you know possibly next week um hangman will make his decision whether he's going to join the dark order or not so that could be great also jungle boy's new theme song love it i uh, was so happy <laughs> i i tweeted this i'm a i'm a sucker for 80s new wave mm. you know this you know i grew up that was my you know when my father was in high school like 79 83 you know that was that was the big thing during that time so damn oh what a banger I yeah start throwing Perfect. hands when i hear that song <laughs> the perfect song for him too it's it's great so you know tony khan is just he's been going above and beyond for the wrestlers and for you know the fans as of late and you know i know a lot of people like to give him shit you know because he's challenging you know the status quo but he's he's doing a great job and I really, truly appreciate what he's doing for the wrestling community um, and the business in itself. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I- I'm loving the products. You guys are putting out great shit. It's just, just keep going. And we'll be here. We'll, we'll be here watching. <laughs> oh, we will. Uh, following that, we had the NWA Women's Championship match. Serena D defending the NWA Women's title against... Ty Conte, this was good. This was a good it match. was probably Ty Conte's best match of her entire career of what I've watched of her. Um, I love the reference that I think it was Jim Ross that had made that they talked about Serena Deeb being Ty Conte's trainer in the infancy of her career. Back when they were both with WWE, I was like, I like that. That was a great way to just kind of slide that little tidbit in if you know you know type of thing and it was just like i appreciate that stuff but yeah ty conte looked like a million bucks in this match so props to serena for making her look so good and ty herself just been really improving as they've been going on and i love the little thing she has with anna J. it just it yeah, fits agreed. it fits so well like, they were randomly thrown together for that tag team tournament way back when. And then all of a sudden, they've just been inseparable. So, I'm assuming she, at some point, maybe she'll join the Dark Order as well. If she hasn't technically already. I don't know. It's all in flux. But we'll see what happens. Also, we mentioned the women's match. I want to bring up, because you and I totally missed it. <clears throat> um, there was the uh, the waiting room debuted. Um, oh, yes. Um. I've never watched the waiting room. Uh, uh, dark. I don't. I think it's been on dark before. Yeah, they've had it on dark. I think it's almost weekly. Um, just a little talking segment. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shit show, but it's to be expected because it's a talk show, and that's what happens on wrestling talk shows. It breaks into all out chaos, <laughs> bedlam, if I might say. <laughs> also, very disappointed. Nobody said bedlam at all this week. I did hear that uh, Wade Barrett said uh, said chaos a couple times. Yes. I'm like, oh, I think he's catching on to our tweets. I know. <laughs> Don't give us bad news, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> so we had 
an interesting match to end the night. Yes. One that I wasn't even sure how this was going to end because of the size difference. Yup. But wow. Yeah, we had, um, you know, the TNT Championship was on the line. Darby Allen defending against Brian Cage. And this was actually a banger of a match, I thought. Yeah. You know, Cage looked like an absolute beast. And Darby was, you know, played his his uh, his ragdoll approach to the matchup and got tossed around for a while and wouldn't stay down. And I, I particularly like the part where Brian Cage powerbombed him three times in a row and Darby as his body is like failing him, just looks up at Cage and just flips him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was great. Both men looked great. I I have nothing bad to say, you know, say about this match, especially at the end where um Sting came out. He yes. didn't need to come out and do much. Just be there. That's all he needed to do. Um I did find it fascinating somewhere during the match. I think uh obviously Jim Ross with the infamous stop the damn match. Yeah. Has, yeah, this is actually stop this. This is this is not good. <laughs> like like he's like, yeah, actually my guy's kinda killing your uh, the the uh, the champion right now. <laughs> yeah. Um see this is what I this is what I do like about what they've been doing with Sting. All Sting needs to do is show his face. I know people are going to be like, well, why is he doing anything? He needs to do stuff. I go, the guy just needs to show up. Yeah, and and he is doing stuff. People forget that there are mind games in wrestling. You know, it's not all about, you know, everybody flipping around everywhere or beating the shit out of each other. Some of the best stuff happens with the mind games. And he's been playing mind games with Taz's group forever. And I think this was actually the first time I think he actually ever ever even got physical. You know, he takes out Starks with the bat, you know, and and then that's it. Darby then wins the match right after that. And, you know, (laughs) and then it ends with some nice snow in in northern Florida. So, you know. Oh, it does. Um, I was also told at one point, and I could be wrong. Obviously, I'm not well-versed in this stuff. But back in the day, when Hogan was champion, there would be times where he just would like, he he wasn't there. There were long periods you just wouldn't see him. You know, somebody said that's how that's how things used to be. You know, even if you were, like, champion, there were times where it'd be, like, very, very rare. Um, Actually, that probably has more to do with, like, Brock Lesnar and his old, uh, his, you know, appearances. But, um... Are you talking about like Hogan not being there, or yeah, Hogan like like Hogan wouldn't like like there were plenty of shows where just Hogan wasn't there at at shows, not because he didn't have to, but it was just because you know they tried to save him as a uh, special, you know, because he was the guy at the time. Well, back in the day, when you were a champion, you didn't show up to every show. You were a special, you know, attraction. Yeah, you know, Paul Heyman used to say that about Lesnar all the time. Like, that's just how they were. They didn't show up every week. When you saw the champ, then you knew it was going to be a great show because the champ's there for a reason to do something. They used to do that all the time. I'm sure, like 
when uh, Bruno San Martino used to be champion back in the day, he'd only show up, you know, every what, every month or two to to wrestle somebody and then be gone again. That's just how it was. And then all of a sudden, here comes, you know, the Attitude Era, and then the champ is there every week, either wrestling or in somebody's face or doing something, and it hasn't really changed until Lesnar tried to change it. And now we're right back to the champions are pretty much there every single week. So, and also, I guess it depends on who the champions are. Like, you want, like, <laughs> Roman Reigns, if he wasn't on SmackDown, SmackDown would be considerably worse off because Roman's honestly really pulling the show. And then you switch to Raw. If Drew and The Fiend and Randy Orton and, you know, stuff like that, if they weren't there every single week, the show would suffer. You know, Unfortunately, Drew has COVID at the moment, so he's not going to be there. And The Fiend's technically gone. So it's really up to Randy Orton. And me saying that really hurts. And I know my guy, my, my friends over at Know the Ropes are going are gonna to kill me for saying that it's all on Randy's shoulders. But God damn it, I hate myself for saying that, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, with Sting, I don't think he needs to be – like. He's at every show. That's kind of cool. I don't need Sting to do anything. Right. Sting's doing what he's doing. They're playing the long game. He's not going to wrestle all the time. He's older. I mean, that's another thing that some of us have to realize, that some of these guys, if they get older, they can't wrestle. As much as people want to see The Undertaker wrestle, he's done. He can't do it anymore. Nope. He is is done, done. And for once, I'm very happy the fact that he's gone. The last time the last time I want to see his gong is when he goes into the Hall of Fame. After that, let him ride off to the sunset forever and we don't have to worry about it ever again. That's gonna be a legendary uh induction ceremony. <clears throat> well, this next Hall of Fame ceremony, if they ever have it, is gonna be two years in one, so it's gonna be forever. <laughs> Scott, I want to, I want, I want to, I want to remind you that we kind of got screwed with the one we were supposed to go to. I, I don't want to talk about it, Sam. I don't want to talk about it. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still bitter about it. Still bitter about it. You know exactly what I'm mentioning. Oh yes, I do. Anyways, uh, some things we won't be bitter about, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This weekend, January sixteenth. Scott has got me to watch a second Impact pay-per-view live. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, we need to we we have we have things to talk about here. Yes. Let's pull um, that match card. Whole match card. We're gonna start off with the pre-show. Pausing again. Anyways, um, pre-show. Start off. Brian Myers taking on Josh Alexander. If you do so have the Notebook of Shame, I'll call it that. <laughs> the Notebook of Shame. All right, let me grab that for you. Notebook. All right. Fire away, sir. Well, um, Brian, it's Brian Myers and Josh Alexander in the pre-show. 
I think the way that Brian Myers has been uh, mouthing off, my money actually is going to go on. Um, I'm going to go on Brian here. Really? Okay. I think he might sleaze his way for a win over Josh. I don't know. Josh is still Josh Alexander, still Josh Alexander. So I'm going to go with Alexander on this one. So right off the bat. We're already at odds. <laughs> uh, just the way I like it, Scott. That's right. <clears throat> It'd be boring if you and I agreed on everything. That's very true. That's very true. Why? Am I? Wow, I had the dumbest thought in my head. Okay, never mind. I'm like, I'm like, they're not even defending the fucking Impact title. What the fuck is wrong? Never mind. Ignore me. Don't. <laughs> So working my way up from the magical paid uh, pedia of Wiki, um, Rosemary and Crazy Steve take it on Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. That's literally what it says, and that has a yes. hyper Caleb with a K. Because uh, that's that's his that's his name. It's Caleb with a K. I, I don't know, but it's Caleb with a K. <laughs> so we're. I'm going to give you this one first, Scott. I'm going to let you have this. For me, it's easy. It's decay, decay, decay. All the way. Rosemary, Crazy Steve, taking this. Hands down. And I am putting it in as decay because they are decay. And I hope they bring back the old decay theme because that is one hell of a banger. So let's go. Okay, fair. I'm, I might agree with you on that one, even though I have a feeling that Tennille and Caleb might 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 screw their way into this one. Oh, that would that would have to go on two different channels, sir. <laughs> but I will agree with you here on uh, that. This here might be one of the most interesting, <clears throat> if not the best match of the night. Match, <laughs> yes, match of the pay per view, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Karate Man taking on Ethan Page. <laughs> Who wins the match of 2021, Scott? The fans. The fans For, win. Yes, the fans, the fans win. <laughs> That's like the free space on the bingo board. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how they're going to do this. But I think Karate Man is going to win. You know, I'm torn. I want to say Karate Man. Oh, man. this I might. Oh, I was going to say maybe Ethan Page, almost kind of like what they did with Moose and EC3. But I think this has only begun. Yeah, it's just like the first, yeah, the first, uh, whatchamacallit. I think we're seeing a rebuild of uh, the ego. Yep. Now, Scott, think... I'm, gonna, I'm with you. The Karate Man's going to beat Ethan Page. All right. Gonna be a tough fought battle. I don't think either man are gonna be the same after this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be the same man after this. <laughs> I know you and I are probably gonna blow up each other's phones watching this. Oh shit! Next match, though, like a rivalry three years in the making. <laughs> Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan and a Bob Wired massacre. Oh, 
I'm going to say for blood. <laughs> I, I think Callahan's going to win this. Yeah, I was thinking the same. Um, it's, yeah. I just don't feel... I there's something about I like for Eddie Edwards to win this, I feel like it ends the feud. But maybe that's a good thing. Because it's been going on for years. <laughs> this I, I don't know if Sammy's signed a new contract or not, so this might actually be a way to send Sammy off. Sayonara, Sammy. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna go with Sammy though. Yeah, I'll stick with Sammy as well. See, no, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to change my vote. I'm going to go with Eddie. There we go. It's getting interesting, guys. Would you like to share with the class why you are choosing... Uh... Eddie Edwards? Eddie Edwards. I think this, like you just mentioned, I think this ends the feud officially. And if Sammy's leaving, then this would be a perfect way to send him out. He can go home and recover and then show up somewhere else. If that's if he's leaving. I don't know if he is or not. But even still, I think Sammy had sent Eddie out with such a huge injury. I think Eddie returns the favor on Saturday. Okay. I okay. also, uh, I can also probably expect Alyssa to get herself involved with this as well, and obviously Ken Shamrock. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloody mess. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Now it's also gonna be a bloody mess. The fact that we're now not matching up. I like this. I know. Uh, up next, we have uh, an old school rule six man tag match. Um, Eric Young, um, Diener, and Joe Doring taking on Cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer. Um, I'm going with Young, Diener, and Doring. Damn it. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> because I just like this, this, whatever Eric Young is doing, it's just starting. Like, yeah, he's been back for several months now, but like whatever he has under his sleeve right now, it's working. He's like, like what he did with um, Cody. Very. It's interesting. Mm. I never saw it happening. Um, and here we are. So I'm going to go with them in that. Scott, up next. So uh, pretty much getting to the titles now. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo taking on Ty Valkyrie for the Impact Knockouts champion. Chip. This one's tough for me. Because I know that obviously Deanna Perrazzo is going to have Kimberly, Ty Vachary, unless something happens with Rosemary, we'll have Rosemary by her side. And Susan. And Susan. Sorry, sorry. Susan's going to be on Deanna Perrazzo's side. Oh. Because remember, they did that thing with Father Mitchell. That's right. Yep. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, ooh, so, okay. I think Dion is going to win this one. <clears throat> yeah, because that definitely swings it. it. Swings it that way. I was a little uh, on the fence, but since you mentioned that. But I also say that because, like, I... Um, I see. I like what they're doing with Deanna. I love her as champion right now. Yeah, you know it's nice to be with a company that actually gives her a chance. <laughs> you don't like people being buried, Scott? No, I wouldn't. A great talent. I've watched this woman wrestle live, and you I mean, just was... buried the you know the biggest company in the world just buried the uh, guy who's supposed to bury people. That was a joke on Undertaker being a grave digger, but um, fantastic. Bad. You can say it was bad. It was so bad, it was good. Just like two uh, thousands WCW Thunder. Oh. Yeah, I did, I did dig a little deeper on that one, Scott. Put a boots. Had to go seven feet under, didn't you? <laughs> So okay, um, yeah, I think I think I think Deanna, she's doing well as champion. I think you, uh, her momentum needs to keep going. Absolutely. Next one. This is uh, the X Division Championship. Uh, Manic, Chris Bay, Rahit Raju. Mm. I think. I think, and I'm gonna throw a wrench in the a wrench in the monkey a monkey wrench in here. I think Manic wins, and we unofficially, officially find out that Manic is TJP. Or we find out he's not TJP. But. Yeah. What I'm saying is, Manic wins, and he gets a mask somehow. Right. But then that. Now, I don't know. No, no, I don't know. This is a tough match for me. It really is because I like all three of them and what they've done with this title. Part of you wants to Chris uh, pick Chris Bay. Another part of me wants to pick Reed, and the last part of me wants to pick Panic. I don't know, Sam. You live in a tough world, Scott. I know. It's the worst. I hate it. All right. So you pick Manic. Manic's the champ. Title's going to change, I would assume, at some point. You know, I'm going to pick Rohit, and then Chris Bay is going to win, and we're both going to lose. <laughs> no, I like, this. I, like, I like when it gets split like this. Because if you and I picked everyone, imagine if you and I picked the same winners and we always lost. <laughs> you know, percentages would suck. If we always lost, then, you know, we should just quit the business. <laughs> Next WWE pay per view I don't watch, I need to give you my uh, my my suggestions. Like, <laughs> watch you beat me again. I'm so pissed. Oh. <laughs> Up next, we have 
the the finals for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Havoc and Vea taking on Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I don't know my pick. What you, uh, you, you got there, Scott? Havoc and Nevaeh. I want to say Havoc and Nevaeh. I want to agree with you on that one. They've just they've been a tag team for a lot longer. And they're just... I think they're due. So, and, and this is nothing against Kara Hogan and Tasha Steeles, who are both phenomenal wrestlers in their own right. Maybe they'll be the second tag team champions. But I think for the first, it's going to be Havoc and Nevaeh. Well, I shouldn't say the first because there have been knockouts tag champs before, but the first in the new resurrection of the title. Who I still think should have had Eric Young and ODB come out and do some stupid shit and have the ritual titles show up, but whatever. Eric Young's a different man now, and I don't even know where ODB is anymore. <laughs> so. Leaves us with our main event of the evening. So, with everything said and done, Scott, the stuff that I have brought up to you in regards to, you know, between the Go Home Show Impact, between what happened on dynamite it's it's a tough call for me but but i had a talk with somebody about this yesterday mm. and i think i agree with them and you might agree too i think i think kenny and the good brothers win this match oh hands down. And I had to think about it because I'm like, I don't know, like, I had to, I really had to think about this. And then the more I thought about it, I was talking to John last night and he goes, he goes, with the way they're pushing Kenny onto Impact right now, Kenny needs to win this to look like the monster he is right now. Yep. I completely agree with that, Steven. If he doesn't win this, then what the hell was the point? Oh, agreed, agreed. And I don't see him being a short champion either. He's going to hold on to that title for quite a while. Quite a while. Um, let me throw... Let me, uh, when, I won't, we won't measure this one, but I want to ask you, do you think anybody from Dynamite shows up? Other than Sean Spears? Mm. Yes. Maybe. Um, maybe Moxley coming after Omega. Moxley, that, the other one I had in my head. That um, might actually switch the match. That might allow um Swan or Motor City Machine Guns to pin the Good Brothers. That way, Kenny doesn't technically lose. He doesn't get pinned. And it keeps Impact strong because Impact wins on its own brand. Pay-per-view. Now that I'm talking about this, I'm doubting my pick. <laughs> no, no. If we're playing this correctly, and again, nobody could show up because they've been yeah. doing... Yeah. I guess... 
The other reason why I mentioned Moxley is because he told Kenny, no matter where you are, you know, watch your back. He's going to be in another sh- another organization. I don't know. Maybe the Bucks show up after that's, what happened. That's another possibility. Now, let me throw another one out there for you. Here's a different scenario. Do you think somebody from AEW would show up for a match other than the main event? Unless, I'd say the only way that that could fit is if it had to do with the women, but I don't know. You have Diana Perrazzo on one end and Hikaru Cheetah on the other side. By the end of the night, or by the end of that segment, maybe. I could see that. Uh, um, uh Somebody, I know John Moxley and Sammy Callahan used to have something going on at one yep. point. And I did read somewhere that there's a possibility that Sammy may be coming to join Moxley, which is why I kind of mentioned the whole thing about this would be a perfect way to send Sammy out. I don't know. Well, the wheels may be a turning. Ever since. Um, Kenny won the belt. We've all had questions. They've been slowly dropping shit one at a time. Yep. But I think Saturday is the day we find out uh, what happens. It's the big, just the main event that nobody thought would have happened two months ago, three months ago. I don't know. It's all a blur now. Still a blur. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't already do so, definitely watch this weekend. We will be live tweeting. Uh, we'll be live tweeting. You can follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram at Bedlam Media. Find myself as the SOB official and Scott as Scotty J Stream. Uh, he's pushing his uh, stream- streaming on Twitch uh, as we speak. Uh, we are on all all us uh Platforms that you can find your podcasts at, minus good old Pandora, Pandora, right? Yep. Pandora. (laughs) Um, We're working on it. We're getting there. And if there's a streaming site that you use that we're not on, please let us know and we will make sure that we get ourselves on there. Ladies and gentlemen, Hard to Kill, Saturday. Thank you for listening. And do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.